0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 16, and our guest today is the healthiest man on earth. <laughs> say hi to the people. Hello, people. And uh, I would like to say that at the Wachama talks, we are talking about all kinds of change. Like the Wachama originally means wagoning and change makers. Change is not just uh, seeing the systems what don't work and uh, criticizing and uh, saying that they are shitty systems and uh, we have to change them. We have to also look within. So there is a lot of uh, inner and outer change what we can be part of. And Nico Panai is also covering a lot of uh, changes and a lot of uh, systems what we are a part of, from food to health, supply chains, a lot of banana, <laughs> dogs. And yeah. Welcome on the show. Thanks, man.
1: And uh, with the bananas, I would like to add vegetables. Yeah. Vegetables. Yeah.
0: Sure. They were on my list. <laughs> so how did it start? You grew up in Cyprus, right? I grew up in Cyprus. Okay.
1: Yes, I must say it was quite a comfortable up upbringing. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up on a farm. Okay. I grew up in a small city. I think yeah. all, all cities are small in, yeah. uh, in Cyprus. And um, yeah, my life pretty much looked the same up until I was 18.
0: Okay. With the,
1: the lovely exception of uh, having a mother who grew up in New Zealand. So we were going
0: back and forth. Okay. Uh, during holidays and in New Zealand were you exposed to the rural areas or were you also in the cities there?
1: Yeah, well, I think the beautiful thing of New Zealand is that uh, Yeah, even if you do live in the city just a five-minute yeah. car drive away You're, you're uh, yeah, You reach the beach and there's a uh, the cliff and the a part of the forest and it very much looks like Lord of the Rings mm. um, Yeah, but I can't say I was exposed to a lot of food farming ah, the only memory I have of is collecting seashells and mussels and hmm. uh, oysters
0: from the from the sea. I think that's the closest thing experience okay. to food that okay. I had. So in, in general you were just uh, living a normal almost urban life or yeah. city life, okay? Yeah. Wow. And then what what's happened after you were 18? Yeah. So after I was,
1: after I was 18, I had to go to the army for 2 years. It's yeah. quite a strange experience, Yeah. Um, strange because it was decided for me um, when I would go in, when I would finish, what I would eat every day, what time I would wake up and sleep. And wow. Yeah. But at the same time, I never questioned it because um, that was my world during that yeah. time. Everyone around me was doing the same thing. But um, yes, yeah, during that time, I can't remember me making a decision yeah. for myself um or thinking very critically about anything. Yeah. I was just doing what was in front of me, um, what which I think is is necessary. Yeah. Um but there was not a lot of growth that happened mm. intellectually. Uh yeah. So that so I was always during that time but also during my childhood i was lo- always looking outwards i was thinking mm. oh there's gonna be a time i'm gonna leave cyprus mm. and mm. i'm gonna expand in some way i yeah. didn't know what yet or how yeah. but okay that was a feeling
0: so and uh, the whole uh, i mean you said it's not much growth but i guess you learn a lot of discipline at oh. the army and
1: patience also
0: patience and maybe acceptance of others uh, or maybe it's part of patience like uh, you know when you put together with a bunch of other kids or where everybody is the same age uh, yeah 18 wow okay and was a tough uh, training and everything involved
1: man it was the first six months where where all the training happens yeah um that was new yeah Uh, and also we had to used to uniforms and boots yeah. and standing in lines and standing in the sun or going into these uh, pools of mud yeah. so all these things which are also quite cool yeah and um, yeah after that there was a lot of waiting yeah. around for the two years to be finished yeah. um yeah for the whole two years i can't remember a night that i slept for more than uh, four hours continuously wow. because every night we needed to wake up to stand on a tower for two hours and was a bit pointless but at the same time it was this discipline I think that you uh, talked about because uh, I had to get out of my bed and in five minutes grab a a rifle and stand in the cold for two hours in one position you know and so yeah even though I don't give that experience much credit
0: I think Mm. indeed there was there was some growth Yeah. yeah and were you questioning or were you like kind of reasoning why you have to be there or
1: Man, it's um it's a tricky thing because my brother did it mm. uh, my father did it mm. uh, all, all my friends that uh, we were yeah. in school together we went in on the same day we got our heads shaved yeah. on the same day yeah. and so as much as i didn't have questions i was also i took it for granted this yeah. is how it is yeah. this is this is yeah. this is what
0: life is yeah. yeah yeah my situation was different because i already started my university yeah. uh, back in hungary and so i i was kind of free from this obligatory service mm-hmm. and after it was uh not anymore obligatory so
1: nice <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but uh, because i see on your i've seen on your linkedin that then you started a law school so yeah. i was like wondering that maybe you know some injustice or whatever some some uh, kind yeah. of feeling started i mean there is always a reason why someone starts uh, a certain uh, education I yeah. don't know what what was that
1: good question man so I always had the feeling in myself and maybe the expectation in myself and uh, also from my family to study something that was serious in a way hmm. um and what it meant back then, this, this being serious, was, um, yes, study something like law, or medicine, mm. or mm. These, these ideas we have, of, or maybe, yeah. we, we used to have the traditional traditional uh, yeah. uh, sense of a good job and a yeah. good life, yeah. you know. Um, but there was also another dimension to that, you know, studying law was also, I, was, I always felt sensitive to what was happening in the world. Mm. And uh, I was thinking maybe with the law is something I can study That I can take it in many different directions. I can do environmental law. I can do human rights Mm. law I can do animal something. So that was Mm. a thought from the beginning and And indeed Going to law school. I knew from the first week that this is not for me Mm. uh, to be a solicitor uh, in in a company where I'm just uh, fighting for the profit of one side or the other side but I always thought that maybe by the end of it I'll find something that I I feel attracted to I feel like I'm giving myself to mm. a good, to good cause um, yeah so that was the hope uh, but I also knew from the beginning that studying this yeah. doesn't make sense for me because it uses all of logic and, and reason and none of the body or of feelings you know
0: yeah, yeah. so in the end of the you just uh, did this uh, bachelor it was two years Three, years. three years, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it required a lot of uh, discipline to finish it. If you, if yeah. you knew it from the first week, uh, that is uh, not for you.
1: Yeah, man. And there was also a, there was an art school next to my yeah. university. Wow. And I was looking at these guys. You know, was I would sometimes Having after fun. lecture. <laughs> yeah, they were they were just sitting on big tables, cutting papers, making short films, <laughs> the fashion. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking, you know
0: what am i doing uh, what am i doing should yeah. i
1: be doing this because also that didn't seem completely didn't seem completely right for me so yeah. i was thinking what is it? is there a middle ground should i just yeah. quit law and do that and uh, da, 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 da. yeah so it took uh, yeah it took time i cried a lot during yeah. that time
0: especially exam and uh, it was in uh, manchester right yeah. in the uk yeah. and how how was it to to leave uh, cyprus and uh, being in manchester after
1: man i felt like i was um looking forward to that moment my my whole life because Mm. maybe because of also having the influence from new zealand Mm. i always didn't feel completely in place Mm. growing up in cyprus my sense of humor was also a bit different but also the fact that i spoke english Mm. um, from a very young age i was open to different kinds of influences different songs different uh, thing, books i was reading So as much as I loved the warmth of the culture and then the food and the, um, you know, the traditions, I always felt that, okay, I need to look outside. So you
0: you you were more like an expert kid? Uh, No, I think uh, I would call myself Cypriot completely.
1: Um, But, yeah, we grew up with my mother being in the house more often, and she spoke more English than Greek, so we spoke English as the first, Mm. the first the first years of our lives. Hmm. And then uh, that changed. Okay. Yeah. But being in the UK, um, it made sense in the beginning, you know, because suddenly my my world perspective went from an island to yeah, another to big island to another big <laughs> island. But an, I- an island that's yeah. connected to the whole world. Yeah. You know? And so um, it made sense. But I also had the feeling there that hmm, I was looking around. I was thinking, this is wonderful. There's so mm. many things happening. Mm. But this is also not my place. Mm. These are not my people. And yeah. I don't know what I meant by my people, yeah. But I also felt that from the beginning. It was a it was a different culture.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So finishing the the law school that uh, made you a bit, uh, yeah. Drown like uh, on an energetic level or whatever. Yeah, you for you sure, you, you didn't feel like like. No, I have my degree, and then I'm ready to change change the world.
1: Not at all, <laughs> man. I felt that. For the first, I was 23 when I graduated. Yeah. At first, I felt like, for the first 23 years of my life, I never made a decision for myself. Mm. I probably made many decisions, but I never had the awareness of what was happening in my life, yeah. and also the um, the courage to take a decision for myself, to say no, this is not right for me, or this is what I want. Mm. So I never did that. Mm. So I think after law, um, I graduated in June, and in September I was moving to London to continue. Uh, to practice and to to do further study, and I think that's the moment where I decided for myself that no, you know, I decided no, I'm not gonna do the further study. I'm not gonna practice law because it doesn't make sense for me. Okay. I was uh, I was shadowing some people in, in law firms in London, and I, oh, in my soul it didn't feel right. Mm. I didn't know why exactly i don't know i knew that this is not the life for me yeah. uh, for for so many reasons um and so i need to be bold now and to say no um and so i remember calling my family on this on the day telling them i'm not going to continue with law and with all their love they asked me okay but what are you going to do now and i said i don't know yet
0: but i'll tell you when i find out okay and it took some time but yeah. uh and what did you do? I mean, it was in the middle of the summer, or yeah. you were or it was the start of September. So sta- oh, you already moved to London?
2: Yeah, to I already moved wow. to London.
1: So I moved to the one of the places where the, how can I say the biggest places where things are happening right now in the world, yeah. with no plan of what I was yeah. going to do with my life. Um, that was funny. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so the first thing I did was get a, a part-time job, a job that I could, yeah, that I could pay for things. Yeah. Uh, that was at North Face. Um, I don't was know a, a store a store in London selling yeah. uh, sports
0: equipment yeah okay uh,
1: yeah but that was also it was a small step but it also gave me for the first time in my life the independence to make my own decisions yeah you know it was it was a part time job of, uh, of selling clothes yeah but at the same time I had those months maybe it was two three months where I was just finishing work and then going into bookshops and just reading things yeah. Finding out that the world is much bigger than I thought, yeah. uh, finding out that there's so many things that I'm actually interested in. Yeah. And so I remember I would work from 8 in the morning until maybe 5, and then I would go from 5 until 10 in a bookshop mm. called Foils in London. Mm. If anyone uh, finds themselves in London, uh, I recommend this bookshop. Mm. It's five floors, and you can just take books and go up to the cafe and read them, and then you mm. put them back on the shelves. And so I was for the first time getting exposed to things like uh, meditation uh, Mm. like uh, circular economics sustainable Mm. development uh, organic this and that all of these things i had never heard before Mm. they were outside of my perception yeah and um, parallel to this uh, development that was happening i was also going to all these meetup groups uh, around different discussions so every week i would go to three four different groups uh, either Mm -hmm. on lucid dreaming mm. or if it was um, some kind of meditation or mm. uh, sustainable development uh, goal sessions and um, so I, I made it a, a, a Goal for myself to expose myself to as many things as possible in a short time So I can see what am I attracted towards? Mm. What am I actually interested in? I have this time now to decide yeah, um, so
0: did you experience that uh, the world what you were surrounded with like you were living in London it's not the most uh, Zen place to live in Uh, but it's still representing the mainstream of the reality Mm. what uh, our world is Mm. nowadays and there is a huge gap between that kind of reality and what you could find in uh, books about circular economy meditation or any kind of uh, more more consciousness let's say Mm -hmm. everything what uh, includes like uh, okay let's see there is a book uh, how can we run the world differently or how can we run economy differently or food or whatever or sustainability if you look around in london it's not uh, what you see I think
1: yeah I don't know if I oh I think I didn't reach such a level of analysis at the time of things but for the first time I was becoming aware of the speed at which people around me were living Mm. or I was becoming aware of the thing in front of me that I was eating Mm. um, and the connections that I didn't see before Mm. of farmers of water of Mm. energy use of all these things I was thinking for the first time in my life about the clothes I was wearing where do they come from Mm. or um, simple things man like uh, how am I breathing now how Mm. am I walking Uh, I remember just walking uh, from the from the store to the bookshop and there was in Oxford Street so it's Mm. one of the uh, the busiest shopping Mm. streets in London and it was just a sea of people Mm. and I remember for the first time just being aware God, there's so many people here there's so yeah. many shops so many colors so many uh, videos so much input yeah you know and at the same time I was feeling more centered than ever before in my life
0: hmm. Um. so yeah that's the, that's the level where I was uh, at yeah. that time. so you were not uh, because when someone gets into these uh, topics uh, especially about the economical and more bigger scale stuff yeah. then it's uh, about oh let's change the world but yeah. you were more uh, focusing inwards and uh, I think and, I, and seeing your relationship with what everything what you are surrounded with yeah yeah because yeah. we are often not aware at all yeah.
1: yeah I think that was that was what I needed to do at the time just yeah. to to become aware of myself and yeah. of my 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 place in the world where where am i what am i looking at and before i looked at before i thought of big ideas okay Um, i didn't plan it to be one year okay. but it was quite uh otherwise it's just how it happened and you lived but in london in all, all year long i was yeah i was in london for maybe eight months mm. seven months um and then it came a time where during these meetups and things mm. uh, it was sustainable development and then there was uh, sustainable agriculture mm. so well even that was new to me mm. um and then I thought oh, I studied law, probably I should do something with food policy. Mm. So then I was hanging around those circles mm. and also going to farmers markets during the day. So seeing, making a bit more of the connection with food and something stuck. There was something that was drawing me to this food debates, food related mm. talks. But after a few months, I, I felt that this is not enough me because there's people speaking about it but I I have no idea of the basics so I thought yeah. I should go actually to farms and spend some time there and see uh, to work with the soil with the seasons to see actually mm. what we're talking about to see it in action and on the, on the most basic level yeah, yeah, yeah so in one of these talks there was a we watched a video and there was this uh, this woman in the video who said My name is Jyoti Fernandez and I have an agroecological farm in the south of Devon Mm. Um, and that was it I had my laptop I typed in Jyoti Fernandez south of Devon Mm. Uh, and then I found the name of the farm sent her an email said "Uh, this is this is who I am uh, right now can I come to your farm uh, for a few weeks and she said okay Mm. so a few days later I just packed the backpack and I I went Wow. Um, yeah and I ended up I didn't have a plan at hmm. the time, but I knew that that step was necessary, but I ended up in a in this circuit of agroecological hmm. permaculture farms um for around three f- to four months. I was just okay. going around uh, around ten to twelve
0: communities. It was all in that uh, area, the Devon area yeah or well, uh, yeah,
1: it was south of the u k it was yeah, along okay. the coast okay. and it was
0: yeah yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, the final one was in Totnes, which yeah. is quite a, a popular, very colourful city. Yeah. A lot of permaculture is coming up from there. Schumacher College yeah. is also there. Um so I was also exposed to different side of things. Mm. Uh, at the very practical level, I milked a cow for the first time, mm. um made cheese, uh saw how much time it takes and how much effort it takes to grow tomatoes. Mm. Um and see how the big-scale um, things that I was reading about, how small they, they, they start from, you know. It yeah. starts from the soil, and it starts from one seed, and it starts from one cow giving birth, and then hmm. all of these things. But it also exposed me to... I also became aware of how, how I want to live in the future. Hmm. For example, this, this Jyoti Fernandez, she would come out on, uh, in the morning, milk a cow, do some really ch- dof, 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 dof work you know really practical mm. but then she would also have a to-do list mm. where she was the main uh, contact person for Via Campesina in mm. Europe where there's a network of 200 million farmers or something so she was doing a lot of work at the EU level mm. so at 9 o'clock she was milking the cow at ten thirty she had a conference uh, and she was completely had another hat on you know the more professional yeah. speaker like this and then she would come out and do something in the garden and the farm and then go back in and then have a have another lecture type uh, thing. Yeah. So that mixed um the, the lifestyle where there is this, this diversity of things to do in your in one day. That's why I said okay, this is how I want to live. Yeah. This is how I see my talents also and what I want for the world. Yeah. So that was an example for me
0: you got uh, really a hands-on experience yeah. but a couple of months before you have seen the people in the city talking about this stuff yeah. and most of the time it's just my experience that uh, those who are talking about the most of these for example food they are not involved in any level or in a very uh, basic level yeah. in uh, food production and uh, so in that sense when they don't know how to milk a cow or a goat or how to plant a seed what are they talking about
1: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and that's that's the thing that made me go to these farms and then uh, but i also realized that on the farm level um, this this bigger uh, scale thinking wasn't wasn't really present unless with this first farm this was quite an exception because these people were politically uh, they were active you mm. know in the scene they were they weren't just looking at their own farm they were looking at policies for mm. farmers in general mm. which uh, I think is a great thing to do yeah and yeah. It also it's a great link to the outside world I mean outside of the farm yeah
0: yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and also like it's a uh, very uplifting to to hear that uh, that the lady was actually still involved in farming and yeah. she she walked her talk uh, also on a EU level yeah because that happens all the time, then uh, even if, if it's about not just food but human rights or all kinds of uh, yeah. you know rara political uh, agenda about uh, representing someone, mm-hmm. mostly we can hear those who have never even experienced: uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and, yeah. The, and she wasn't the only example yeah, yeah there was a, a guy called Adam. Um, forget his surname so Adam he was also uh, they had a small farm with his partner they were growing vegetables and flowers but they were also um. what is it called land matters I think was the uh, they were doing lots about uh, access to land for young Mm. farmers Mm. so they were also finishing their work on the on the on the farm at lunchtime and they were getting uh, in the car and going to the office where they were, uh, yeah, acting as this link between uh, mm. between policy and, and young farmers who want to start farming, yeah, but for so many practical reasons and and, and limitations to land and to start up uh, um, capital, they can't. Yeah, so they also uh, acted in these in these two domains, but they combined them perfectly,
0: from mm. what I saw. Yeah, and can you actually maybe mm. explain? If you have uh, discovered a common motivation of these communities what what is their purpose Yeah, because it's a lot of work uh, they could have uh, chosen a easy way you know yeah. just go to the shops or you know uh, do something else uh, they live in a very developed economy yeah. but still there should be I think there should be some deeper uh, yeah motivation to mm. uh, choose this path
1: and I think the First motivation is that they they looked at the world around them and they said, no, we don't want to live in a city. This is how we want to live and Mm. this is how we want to raise our family. So I think that was the first thing, to live Mm. closer to the trees, to the soil, to animals. Mm. Um, And I think the rest happened naturally. Mm. Um, So many of these people had experiences in the city, uh, also maybe working with policy and things. But then they felt that this is not healthy for me. This mm. Is not, uh, Can you sustainable mm. for me or for my family? And so they decided to go out and to somehow buy a piece of land or rent it. And many of them were living in, in tents and yurts mm. for the first years because um, you need years to get a permission to build a house. Mm. So they also had to sacrifice a lot. But it, it was also that it was at the same time the easiest choice mm. because they lived in a way where they felt peaceful and they felt useful um they were producing uh, i think the the, the joy of, yeah. of producing food and to and for having their children so now I'm imagining but uh, yeah. also from what I saw for having children running around
0: with the grass and with animals yeah. I think that was the, the driver feeling of uh, connectedness maybe yeah yeah for sure yeah.
1: and also connect- connectedness within the community yeah, because these communities I visited were—they all knew each other, mm. and they all supported each other in different ways, um, which is quite special and quite and something that doesn't
0: exist mm. in big cities, even though we're closer together. Um, yeah, yeah, I al- already mentioned it—one of the episodes that in a healthy rural community, community, all of those sharing economy and uh, new. Platforms what you can uh, what they invent now as a innovation in cities They already exist the people share their time their their uh, Tools they are taking care of kids of elderly Often together. Yeah, so you spend there this uh, four or five months and what's happened?
1: During that time. I remember walking uh, (laughs) without a plan, okay Um, So I had to leave one community and then uh, I knew or I heard of another one that was maybe some kilometers away or Mm. something. And I remember having this feeling that I'm standing here right now and I can choose to go right and I can choose to go left and
2: Mm.
1: it will all be the same. I don't know. I don't think there's a right choice. Mm. But at the same time, I trusted myself that I would end up where I need to be. Mm. Um, So along this path, I, I met someone. Uh, who told me about this university? Hmm. Um, and so this was maybe uh, something I skipped, but uh, I ended up in this conference in Paris about the food system, but w- with the young people from every country. Yep. Um, yeah, I was representing Cyprus because I don't know if anyone else from Cyprus would have applied for it. <laughs> so uh, I ended up there, and then. I also went there with the with, with the, with the same backpack mm. and I didn't have a plan. I knew that I didn't want to go back to London because it didn't make sense for mm. me anymore. But I also didn't have a plan for what would happen after that week. Um, but I knew I needed to leave. So So I met this guy from, uh, from the Netherlands. And uh, on the last day of the conference, he told me, man, I think, uh, so I'm studying in this place and I think you'll really enjoy it. I think it really suits you from how I saw you this week. Mm. And it's called Wachnien. Mm. And the master's is called Organic Agriculture. And uh, in my head, doing a master's about these things was further away. Mm. First, because I thought, oh, probably I need years of study until I can do this mm. master's because of science. I've never done science mm. before. Um, but also, I didn't know if I was ready to go back into a university because. I just started thinking for myself, I didn't mm. want to go back into university where I have to yeah. put things in boxes again. But there was this really cinematic moment uh, on, on, the, on the last day where there was this, uh, this guy from the Netherlands and in he was uh, standing in front of the one train that was going to uh, the Netherlands. And uh, there was this other group of people that I was going to follow if I, wasn't, uh, if I didn't make any other plans. They were going to Italy. Mm. Because there was Terra Madre of slow mm. food that was mm. going to happen uh, two years ago. Um, and there was this moment where I was standing there and I was thinking, okay, again, I can either go right and I can mm. either go left. Uh, and I don't know which one is the best. Um, but then I just asked myself a simple question. I asked, going to the Netherlands, does it feel right? And I said, yes. Mm. So I just went. And. We arrived on a Friday night, and then Saturday morning, he arranged for me a a meeting with the academic advisor, and then uh, somehow I was allowed into the program, even though uh, it was uh, close to the beginning
0: of the masters. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So it was in uh, August or September or how? Yeah, it was in August. How was the scenario? Like the the conference in Paris was in uh, yeah end of August. End of August, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then. I mean a week later
1: I was sitting in class studying permaculture Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah I also had to do I had to do a pre master so a, a yeah. linkage uh, yeah. program because I studied law yeah. and now I was gonna do something different so I think that's why they accepted me um, but I th- for me it felt like the most natural choice yeah. even though it was something big and it was a commitment for two years two and a half years um, it felt right and that's what yeah. I needed to know at the time I didn't need to know how it was gonna plan out uh, pan out
0: or uh, where it would lead yeah. I just felt okay looking around me this makes sense and what was your first I- impression when you arrived to Wageningen
1: I couldn't believe it I, yeah. I c- I've never heard of this place also yeah. coming to the Netherlands was I never thought about it yeah. Um, yeah and well first night I was in Juvendal. Know, these little houses with mm. the gardens very mm. romantic you know oh there's uh, paintings on the walls and things yeah. I, I couldn't believe that this place exists <laughs> couldn't believe that there's a place where people go around in bicycles and uh, eat together yeah. um so i was feeling also overwhelmed mm. but uh also ready to yeah to
0: stay here for a bit now that you explained this uh, period after the law school it seems like the movie the into the wild yeah. have you seen that yeah, when seen the it. guy so maybe you were it was just your version into the farming yeah.
1: <laughs> into the farm <laughs> yeah a bit less dangerous maybe yeah. Um, yeah man it was into the farm because yeah. um, because it's what made sense at the time Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also the people I met on the way and then the things I was exposed to it it just prepared me to yeah. to go into this chapter yeah
0: and uh, after you had a uh, the real practical experiences yeah. back in back in the UK, and uh, then you started to learn uh, about the theories and uh, more the on a higher level. Let's say, mm-hmm. what was what were your insights? Did you gain more more depth of this uh, feeling or mm-hmm. uh, understanding what, of uh, what is all about it? What is uh, the real uh, meaning behind it and the impact what it has? this kind of mindset and agriculture and uh, relating to food and things in the world
1: yeah I think this is this perspective of things I think I got after I started here Mm. that I understood that things are connected and there's so much bigger than what Mm. I thought I think uh, because in the first few months studying here we were sitting in groups with people from all over the world mm. we were looking at uh, farming rice farming systems in India mm. or um, tracing uh, a lettuce from the farmer to the soup to the supermarket mm. and so I saw for the first time in front of me but also in a scientific way uh, all the different steps that are involved all the different relations all the, the, the nutrient cycles so all of these things mm. so the practical Knowledge or the practical skills that I developed in in just some months, Mm. I think that prepared me to to have an understanding of the basis of things, and which I could relate all this information to. Mm. Um, But then the 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 bigger scale things, I uh, yeah, I developed when I arrived here. Mm. But then the speaking about insights about food, I think that that developed during the time here and I will keep developing my whole life probably Mm. but a few things that I realized is that we speak about food a lot here or about alternative ways of growing food organic agriculture agroecology and it's wonderful um, that these alternatives exist and that we want to develop them and spread them Um, at the same time there's not many people who actually want to do that Manual, the manual, the long, laborious work of, of yeah. farming. Uh, that's also something I realized, um, and it makes sense because instinctually we want to go for the, for the choice that takes less energy. Uh, that's how we evolved, mm. and farming takes up a lot, even if it's mechanized. Um, yeah, so the idea of starting a community where we grow our own food sounds wonderful and to do it in a way which is without chemicals without the heavy machinery mm. all of that sounds great but how many people actually go out and do it yeah. especially young people you and know, give I up uh,
0: uh, fat yeah. salaries uh, yeah. what they could earn by uh, giant corporations <laughs> for, example. for example
1: yeah for example yeah. Uh, yeah. it's not just people yeah. out there it's
2: also me yeah. you know I'm yeah. here studying still
1: yeah. instead of uh, instead of going and doing it yeah. now after I finish I want to start creating an example while I while I talk about things. Yeah. So I want to keep my hands in the soil while I'm actually speaking about food, but it's also um it's a harsh reality to to, to grow food and to make a living from it. Yeah. Um and so I think to do it to do it in a modern way, we don't need to think about one farmer, one tractor, you know, and yeah. of thousands of acres, you know, we can do it in many different ways. Yeah. Um Yeah, maybe we can speak about this more now
0: yeah i mean uh, this uh, gap what we have as society from mm. food and nature it's uh it's huge yeah. and if uh, talking about uh sustainable sustainable development goals yeah. most of the sustainable development goals directly or under indirectly undir- undirectly are related to food yeah and uh it's just my humble opinion, and maybe yours too, uh, that uh, there would be a healthy move to involve more people in food production on mm. a way that it's uh, that it's fun to do. Yeah. I'm it. just r- repeating myself in every every episode, but uh, <laughs> it's
1: okay. Well, <laughs> you 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 can see this when, uh, for example, we live here. We've got chickens at the back. Yeah. Whenever someone comes to the house. And I tell them, you want to see the chickens at the back? Their face lights up mm. because they see chickens for the first time. Mm. You know, I don't think they feel the same excitement when they go to the supermarket and pick up a, yeah. a pack of nicely packed uh, chicken breast. You yeah. know, because you actually see things and make connections in your head. And it's something so natural. Yeah. Or, for example, tomato plant uh, or a banana. You know, this is mm. also one thing, I one motivation for me to start speaking about food. I said well these days we're just eating a banana as if it's nothing you know as mm. if it, it came yeah. from the sky because we got used to it yeah. because I from the moment I was born I had bananas in the house but yeah. then it's in, in the last few years of my life that I'm making the connection thinking ah, bananas actually yeah. come from South America and actually whether they're grown in a, an organic way or non-organic way it makes a big difference yeah. on the soil on people's lives on um, you know yeah. how much money goes back to the farmers, uh, on on our own health, health yeah. of everything, so all of these connections now to food. <laughs> and that's when I started the um, the healthiest man on earth thing. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Because I was thinking there's so much. I was looking around me. I was, th- I was looking at there's so much attention going into into media now, into all these, uh, into everything, into fashion. There's so much these, uh these lights. If you see in uh, advertisements of H&M, yeah. it's half a second shots, really yeah. cinematic, really pop 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 So yeah. life is moving at these speeds, you know, and really colorful explosions, mm. this and that. So I was thinking, if we're going to speak about food, it needs to be cool, it mm. needs to be fresh, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, no one's going to pay attention. And and I was listening to a song by the tallest man on earth mm. um, uh, over and over during that time. And I also had the the story of my grandfather who, uh, who, who got on a ship from Cyprus where he was fixing shoes. And he ended up in New Zealand. Mm. You know, he didn't speak English. He didn't uh, have a plan of what he was going to do. But somehow he made it for himself and for his family. And that's why I'm here now. Mm. And so I was thinking, if I'm going to speak about food, I don't just need to... Be healthy or a healthy person. I need to be the healthiest mm. man on earth. Yeah. And and that that name is, uh, to me, it's still funny. Um, but also when I say it, it gives me the type of energy that I, yeah. that I that I need, to, to to get out there and to put attention to things that we don't mm. pay attention to, like bananas or uh, or vegetables,
0: you know, yeah. or, or where they come from. And this project started a year ago, a little yeah. bit more than a year ago.
1: A bit yeah, a yeah. bit more than a year yeah. ago, but I must say that now is the time that I'm I'm really diving into it because I yeah. I started it while I was in this in this process. Yeah. Um, so I feel like still I'm giving myself the permission um, artistically also to express myself mm. um, to really go into it and say what I have to say and to connect to people because even from now I see that the response is, people are responding, people are saying, wow, man, this is, it's not really about what I'm saying, but the fact that I'm speaking about food, that I'm doing it in a way which is energetic, I think that's mm. more, that's the, that's the more important thing than actually the, the information or something.
0: Yeah, I see that you are covering, uh, yeah, indeed from bananas, veggies, labors, transportation, chemicals, health, local, global dynamics, yeah. all wrapped up and spiced, uh, wrapped in and spiced up in humor yeah. and spoken word. Yeah. And
1: yeah, because I'm still wondering, or still maybe experimenting with what is the right approach here. And because I don't know, I'm taking all of the approaches and see what sticks. Yeah. In the beginning, and I think still, I'm, I was writing things that were a bit more abstract. For example, yeah. there was a time I had uh, still uh, a lot of influence by from uh, Tom Waits. Yeah. And weights, man you got to listen to something. okay words. okay um, from the 70s 60s 70s 80s he was really uh, I don't even know how to, to describe describe him He's just an incredible musician okay. but also just for him for me that was just spontaneous expression mm. you know really using so I was writing things that were a bit more abstract they mm. were about food but they were a bit more in my mind they made sense but then when mm. I released them to the world I I felt that the energy was being uh, conveyed but uh, I didn't know if the message was getting out there for yeah. example there was the we were studying at the time about um, what are they called agriculture extension workers mm. so the people who go to farmers and the farmers and they say you need to apply this amount of chemicals this amount of seeds yeah. and this is what's gonna happen at the end of the season and so farmers don't really wonder or uh, question it
0: they just apply these things because they also almost go there as an authority yeah as someone who studied here and they go back and then they already instantaneously got into the loop of the agrochemical industry and all uh, the consequences with the debt and uh, banking system and all of that
1: exactly and i was thinking many of most of these agricultural extension workers in the world They go to farmers and they tell them now you need to spray chemicals and i was thinking what kind of conscience do these people have what kind Mm. of i mean when they see the effects on people's health because they they're not just functioning by themselves they're part of a bigger system Mm. so then i just sat down to write a poem which um, i would reflect my thoughts and then this came out for example there was a you have that poem i have a verse i have a verse in my head okay for example because it's been tried and it's been tested and if your crops have been infested Then I got up the perfect thing for you. Pesticides, fungicides, strandobendomethylene with vapor intensified technology. Get your field completely clean, looking like a farmer's dream. We'll get your potatoes smell like roses. We'll get your onions smell like coconut. Spray three times, you get strawberries, spray four times, you get peaches. Everything goes, everything grows limited time only. And then it goes and goes and goes. So I made those things. And I felt the energy inside of me. You know, I felt like now I'm expressing yeah. myself. So the next question was, is the message getting out there also, or does it matter actually? So I think that's where I am also now.
0: Yeah, because um, it's very important that you uh, kind of uh, identify that the attention is not there. Yeah. So you want to also have your your piece of attention. Yeah. You want to have uh, your Words out. Food is overlooked yeah. its importance. Uh, big companies uh, claiming that they are doing their best. A- academy and comp uh, and private sector are like uh, throwing the balls uh, back and forth. Who is responsible for certain processes? But in in a sense, uh, for example, here the academy and the private sector is pretty much merged together so yeah. the Academy gets its finance from the pri- private sector for so yeah
1: and at the basic level I think people don't want to grow food anymore or at least peop- most people think they don't want to grow food anymore because it's hard uh, because we have an idea of what is a comfortable lifestyle we have an idea of how much money we want to spend on our food and uh, yeah when we look at the reality of farmers most of them make barely enough to survive and uh, usually have big loans from the banks. So, in in that sense, we continue. We're gonna continue having these big companies, big corporations, big whatever, big sectors, making food happen for us because we're not connected to it anymore. Yeah, I don't. And so supermarkets need to be filled with plastic wrap, plasticly yeah. wrapped uh, aubergines, uh, which we don't know when they were grown or where they came from, because we would rather do something else uh, and pay money for food rather than uh, then grow it or be connected to it you know, be connected to farmers
0: but isn't it a crazy system that uh, the farmer who is actually producing stuff yeah. they are worldwide uh, poor or in debt, and the consumers who are on the other side of other end of the supply chain mm. are confused and uh, get sick like chronically sick and in between, we talk about these huge, enormous corp- corporations which get uh, rich and taking control. Yeah. Isn't it a strange system a bit? Man, it's and a
1: strange system, but it's also at the practical level. If I'm speaking to people living in Wageningen now, huh. right next to the university, three minutes away, there's a place called the Hochelborn. They sell organic vegetables, uh, cheese and meat. Um, many of the vegetables they grow there, not all of them. Um, I don't know how many people from university go there to buy their food even though it's the closest thing to local mm. food there is um, still we don't f- because I go there I, I rarely see people there mm. you know and so I'm wondering how much of this knowledge of these ideas have we actually internalized and put in our everyday life because um, I think it's in a sense easier to speak about big ideas easier to speak about big changes systems changes yeah. rather than to to do little actions because those are less romantic mm. less uh, yeah less romantic yeah
0: but we also have to see that uh, what, what I was uh, pointing out with the big companies is not that yeah. they are evil or whatever we yeah. could also point out that but <laughs> uh, what I what I meant is that there is value in food so if they can get rich then there is value in food just the value is not uh, distributed on a way that it's uh, visible and accessible to to the farmers for example so and the the other part of it is the price the price uh, give a a fake perception of the of the food price because we think it's cheap but we have to pay other ways for the food
1: yeah yeah right now the only uh, indication we have of our food is is one number you know and that's yeah. the price we don't know anything about the yeah, the nutrients in the soil anything about the, uh, the the state of mind of the farmer we don't know anything about uh, yeah. the people who drove the food to the to the storage units how long they've been kept in the storage units yeah. how long so there's all this crazy system between the soil and uh, our plate that we're unaware of and there's many people working on it which is great
0: yeah Yeah, and uh, we don't have to be dark about this no. because there is a lot of opportunity and there is a food production have to be made uh, sexy yeah and great again yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly because when we're connected to our food yeah. and then in a very practical sense just to pick some basil from the, from the plant pot there yeah. or to visit a farmer and, and to buy cheese directly from a farmer I think or even to put a seed in the soil you know we I think we become happier uh, we become healthier like more connected to our own body but also to the seasons and um, when we make homemade jam for example mm. we suddenly pay attention to ah, the fruit our uh, apples are, are in season you know and soon they won't be and uh, I can't store them for that long so I'm gonna make jam and how uh, what a satisfaction do we feel by, by by making something and storing it for the winter and seeing how that how that process
0: evolves. Yeah, it's like uh, you create stuff, yeah. and we we like to create, and there is a lot of a lot of opportunity to create. And uh, just that uh, the last two generations grown up in cities, that doesn't mean that uh, that's the standard. That oh, for sure, mm. for
1: sure, and this is this is clear when. I mean, I, it's been some years now that I'm connected a bit more to food but I feel the same excitement I feel like a child every mm. time I learn something new or every time I walk out and I see earthworms or I see how oh, the seed mm. grew and the seed didn't grow and so I think we can learn our whole lives and we can also feel the same excitement again and again even if if we got lost um, yeah. when people watch for example a video that I made about a cucumber or about a zucchini mm no i feel this is also what i want to convey that 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 experience that connection to food hopefully will lead to people planting something or to people being connected to more than just the price of food but actually um yeah a bit more than that a bit deeper than that
0: yeah and also like being more aware about food on an energetic level that uh, if we if we eat uh, uh food which is uh treated by not uh, good energy like with the exhausted workers because that's the thing like food production or food related uh, uh, activities were a cultural thing yeah but because of the urbanization and storing and uh, and the the industrialization yeah you don't want people to get involved in food i mean i also when i studied agriculture and i I finished the school. I didn't want to be on a farm and an industrial farm. It's not nice to be there at all. I I mean, I have grown up on those kind of places and I just, you know, when you find, when you are 10 and find yourself in 10 hectares of uh, maize plantation or, okay, let's go and work, then it's not nice to be there. And uh, this uh, paradigm also doesn't make food attractive to Mm -hmm. use. But if you go to a, harvesting festival or yeah. or a family event when uh, yeah you you have some uh, common activities that's a totally different paradigm yeah. but it's not shown it's uh, could be or was and maybe in the f- future still be part of the culture yeah. but it doesn't get much promotion
1: well, that's for yeah. us to uh, that's for us to decide and to design yeah. and to to realize now you know yeah different ways of growing food but also different ways of connecting and different ways of sharing this mm. uh, this lifestyle you know and it can be uh, can many different ways uh, depending on the country depending on the on the weather but mm. this this um, this drive to connect to people but also to connect to food to connect to health it's everywhere yeah. you know all this uh, this meditation retreats or this uh, this warrior whatever you know these are these camps of um, uh, taking ice baths or doing all these challenges you know it's just ways of reconnecting to one's own nature but also to the world around us indeed and food is food and community is just uh, it's just one way the most basic way I think to do
0: this yeah and uh, I think it's uh, we should actually really put food in the focus in the center of the focus our focus no matter what kind of environmental or protesting or activist or whatever who you are or what you do i mean i'm not forcing just advising yeah. that from the moment you start to think about what you eat or how this whole system is uh, set up then you gonna get really aware of uh, how the world is uh, working and, sure. and you can take a lot of micro decisions on a daily level but can change a lot Instead of uh, like pointing out this uh, like even mind, but you you cannot even conceptualize like we are against CO2 or, you know, like uh, climate change, you know, it's just a big label. But let's talk about healthy food and create healthy food systems. And that if we, our focus would be on that, that it would extend to all other areas exactly and
1: so when we become aware suddenly of our food yeah. or the thing that is on the, the, the things that are on our plate we can suddenly become aware of the clothes that we're wearing where does the cotton come from yeah where do my how am I walking on this earth you know am I stampling mm. on things and, and, and destroying the soil I'm actually massaging it or mm. am I you know um, what kind of person do I want to be in this world mm. what am I producing when I'm making when I'm making some content you know yeah. is this helping the world is it uh, um what are my intentions um how much am I using am I taking the plane am I am I you know am I, when I'm speaking to yeah. people am I being helpful I, so for me just thinking about food um, something as basic as that opened my awareness to everything in life and all the relationships and um, yeah this is my hope for uh, for the world and for where I see my work uh, going into
0: I just want to put from the planes and stuff because it's a whole different argument I just want to put back the focus on the food because if the so then the understanding is different of everything and uh, now the problem is that people are not aware of uh, at all that Basically, you know, all of these discussions that there is not enough land to feed the people, so we have to be in cities, or yeah. there is not, we are not uh, effective enough, so we have to use more can, chemi- more more chemicals. All of these other environmental discussions about how do we u- use our resources are actually setting the tone and showing the way how we should live like in cities piled up uh, we have to involve more technology we have to be more efficient this whole idea that we're gonna be i mean i just i'm i mean i'm maybe i'm crazy but uh, <laughs> they still promote this idea that if we're gonna be 2 billion people more like 9 billion for that we have to double the food production why mm-hmm. i mean who calculated that i mean it's just stupid
1: yeah it's the same calculations that we <coughs> say over and over again that uh, 70 percent of the world uh, whatever but all these big uh, calculations that we use uh, we use them on a, on a daily basis espe- uh, especially uh, in most of the conferences i've been in, in this university of how we need to uh, for example double food production or have 70 percent more land if we do organic or whatever the statistics are mm. but these are just stories that we keep repeating ourselves and it, they keep uh, even though they're helpful because they're indicators of what needs to be changed it, it, they just also keep these arguments going on and also these new technologies and fixes and solutions uh, yeah. keep keep going and going and perpetuating the same system they
0: are blowing up uh, the bubble of the problems instead of focusing on solutions that's yeah. what i see well,
1: <laughs> yeah. no, i think the problem is that they're going problem solution problem solution yeah. problem instead of taking a moment to stop
0: yeah
1: and to, to re- reflect on what we're doing I think that's a, I think that's the first necessary step you know just to stop and take a breath I don't mm. think at this place or any other place industrialized uh, nation we we just stopped and say okay mm. what have we done so far and where are we going why are we in a hurry to get there uh, what yeah. can we do differently because now we're still in the same loop of ah, there's a problem we should fix it
0: mm. yeah you know what is the root of this whole uh, agricultural uh, revolution? Uh, you okay. know there is the land. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there was a Dutch guy who was called uh, Mansholt and who, uh, after or during the World War, there, is, there was a famine in the Netherlands.
2: Yeah.
0: And after that, it was all about, well oh, we have to produce, we have to produce, so we have to centralize. Yeah and we have to uh, mechanize and all of this and that was for like 10 or 20 years that was his work in the former European Union and no one tells the story that uh, after he realized what he did with the countryside in the last part of his life in the last 20 years he regretted all processes because the war was a special situation Mm. in if you have hunger or famine it's mostly because of some kind of crisis yeah. but normally the always the countryside fed the the cities yeah. and the cities were the places where you can actually generate famine and crisis with cutting out the re, c- cutting away the resources
1: mm-hmm. there's the the man's hold letter that you can yeah. read which is a letter he wrote uh, yeah during those uh, last ten years yeah. Where he explains, uh, I see the effects of my uh, of the decisions that we made a few decades yeah. ago, but there's still time to to change.
0: Yeah, and as, as uh, crazy enough that we still uh, trace the or chase the same uh, ideas what we ha- what he had, what he already r- regretted
1: we have to say so it's not just up to one person it's yeah of course of course, of course of course. But the, whole, the war that happened yeah, yeah. for all the technologies or the factories that were making uh, yeah. explosive they could now suddenly make fertilizers yeah, the, yeah. The, all the tanks the, yeah. the, the equipment could now be made into tractors yeah. you know so it was all a system behind it and of know, course I famine it's survival you know so of course if I'm gonna be if I find myself in a situation where I either die or I um, eat uh, chemically grown potatoes well what am i going to choose
0: yeah what what i what i'm just saying that i'm not not pointing out him no, as a as anyone but i'm just saying that uh as he was a representative who started these patterns uh really uh taking off yeah why don't we pay attention what was he saying as a retrospect yeah, you yeah. know why don't we put it back into the discussion hey maybe it was not the best uh idea maybe so,
1: maybe because it's not as cool yeah, it's not as it, cool. It's cooler to speak about yields and development and fixing things yeah. rather than saying, ah, oh, maybe we should reflect. Maybe yeah. we should do things in a different way that we haven't thought about and we should do it together. We should co-create.
0: You know, in in low-tech or simple solutions, you cannot involve banks and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And what I what I experience or what I have seen, you know, from a r- uh, rural development perspective is that uh, maybe we see it has a consequence is that all oh, there was famine and all of those factories were there and they could use it right away yeah. uh, to do to to make food and stuff how i see is that it's crazy <laughs> that if you see europe you see the western part of europe and the eastern part the socialist side the similar patterns were happening mm. so maybe the whole war was not not about the ideologies I mean I'm more than sure that it's not it's all about the divide and conquer mm-hmm. thing but the purpose of that was the like pushing people to the cities because mm-hmm. after the world world war no matter if you it if it was a capitalist or a communist country the big farming was taking over slowly and people were pushed to the cities and in the cities there is more control
1: yeah <laughs> and then now we're all of us are in the cities, or many of us are in the cities. Yeah. And, and there's more control. <laughs> and we have no other choice than to... Uh, we're hungry, so we need to go to a supermarket yeah. and buy uh, something wrapped in plastic. Yeah. Um, because it's how it is. Uh, it doesn't have to be like this, but it's the reality of for yeah. most people living in cities. And so what are we going to do about it? Are we satisfied by the... So I'm taking it back to
2: food.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: Are we satisfied by the... the levels of nutrients of the 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 life that is inside these vegetables that we eat on a daily basis for example in my own house here as people we we eat things from the garden we eat things that are organic but we also eat things from the supermarket you know so i can taste the difference Mm. and i'm feeling if i can taste the difference what what is the difference to my own body of this food that was growing um and was delivered because of this massive system uh, yeah of capital of, of intensiveness and that and what is the difference between the the, the, the food that has grown here in the soil from the same place where I'm living and the impact goes directly to the community of the people living here what is the difference in the in the health of the of the food itself but also the the karma if I can say yeah you know yeah. the uh, the energetic uh, how do I say that? Yeah the wave that is yeah. created by my action so I, I have because i have also relatives living in cities or friends living yeah. in cities and they, and they sometimes look look to me and they say yeah yeah but you're living close to farms you're living in a way which is not possible for most people and yeah. maybe it's true living in Wachningen is quite yeah. special we have farms around us yeah um at the same time there's options in the cities that if we just not lazy we can make use of them there's uh, there's farmers markets definitely a few times a week in yeah. every city in every big town and um, there's vegetable bags that come directly from from farmers you know these farmers are not they're they're intelligent yeah. they, they they're also people who want to create these links but it takes a bit more work from consumers from yeah. from people living uh, in cities um, but it also takes a different mentality you know eating with the seasons yeah. changes everything it means I can't go out and make a, a coconut curry whenever I want mm. because maybe uh, aubergines are not in season, yeah. or uh, maybe coconut milk doesn't grow in the Netherlands. Uh, the coconuts yeah. don't grow in the Netherlands, so that changes. Also, how we, yeah, how we eat, how we consume, yeah. it, it makes it makes us listen to to the rhythms of what is happening uh, outside, and also to be more frugal, if I can mm. say, to be yeah. more. Uh, yeah, to live with w- with what we have yeah. at the moment, um, and I don't know how many people want to make this sacrifice, but it doesn't have to be yeah. a big sacrifice.
0: And also, like within the sh- within the supermarkets, we don't have to demonize the supermarkets sure. because they yeah. they uh, build up a beautiful supply system.
1: Supermarkets sell what people want to buy. You know, if people want to buy more local stuff, supermarkets will make it available because they're businesses.
0: It's not that easy uh, I know. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, but what I'm what uh, supermarkets could be more critical about that, for example, in the little mm. I have to avoid or I'm avoiding half of the shelves because that's full with sugar and all kinds of ingredients, yeah. which are like, you, you don't need it. And, uh, yeah, so I think supermarkets are great, but they could also have a selection of, uh, or kind of realize that what do, what do they sell? It's maybe not the best.
1: Yeah, and it's also it's uh, it's a diversity of approaches you know it's not about saying no to supermarkets yeah, completely, yeah. or following completely the organic label or being completely this is just my opinion yeah, yeah. being completely vegetarian completely vegan I think in nature things are there's a diversity of things you know yeah. and so in what well, if I'm living here it makes sense to eat uh, cheese for example because there's many cows yeah uh, there's lots of grass but if I'm living in um, in Cyprus for example it's warmer uh there's there's lemons and oranges mm. that grow you know so i'll eat more of that um i'll yeah. be vegetarian or vegan when i need to but i i, I can also eat uh de- animal products when when they're available and when, when it makes sense according yeah. to the to where i live so
0: adopt uh, as much as we can because it's also good for our our body to, to change yeah. yeah i mean and i'm also following the same i'm not even following patterns but uh, the pattern of uh, adopting and yeah. uh, and experimenting that's what i'm doing basically
1: and this requires also that awareness yeah. you know being aware of first of the place where i'm living yeah. also aware of what do i need in different times in our development the physical development we need different things yeah um maybe i need more uh, dairy products because of the, the calcium or because yeah. of whatever you know uh, the vitamins uh, mm. even in the meat you know there's all the fatty acids some people say mm. we don't need them some people yeah oh, but we we evolved for thousands of years eating animals so maybe at some point we need them maybe we don't need them that's a, that's a different thing but
0: it's a diversity of approaches only the western diet which is not good for us <laughs> yeah well i mean even, yeah yeah even you
1: then who decides what's good and what's bad you know i mean I
0: if you see how people uh, look like uh, following western diet i mean yeah. so, uh, fast food that's what i mean by western diet yeah. then uh, the numbers or if you just look on the people it, it tells the truth yeah. but uh, i what i realized that there is no i mean it's just stupid to go for a high carb or low carb or carnivores or yeah. it's like you have to experiment with it and there is no how do you say it? there is no one fit all diet for everybody and there's so
1: no one fit all going to supermarket or going to local shops or farmers markets i think a bit of everything and it makes everything more interesting when yeah. i go to farmers markets i have conversations that i would never have in the supermarket mm. but when i go to the supermarket i see products that i would never see mm. in a farmers market so i can choose yeah i don't have to uh, i don't have to uh, mm. choose one or the other i can for example for me it makes sense to go more to farmers markets and the supermarkets but then i don't exclude one uh, yeah. one or the other
0: yeah or uh, having the experience of working with cows or other animals for yeah. example if i go to if i uh, buy dairy products then i go for the goat cheese because mm-hmm. i know that it's a much smaller animal uh, it uh, its nature is to keep itself much cleaner so if mm-hmm. you see goats uh, they are always like For me it's like they are very very clean it's not that huge uh, huge scale you you cannot really scale it up because they are also difficult to 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 deal with goats yeah so that's that's just a little uh, nuance what you can choose and you can you have still your amazing cheese yeah
1: then i want to bring another element to that if you look around you yeah are there um farmers with cows or are there farms with goats around you for example that's also an element yeah, to think about. Maybe the the goat uh, farm where you buy it from is a uh, thousand kilometers away. No, or it's
0: uh, from uh, uh, North Holland, so it's the yes. other side of Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's great. That's that's another consideration. Yeah. For example, the vegan diet sounds great, and I'm sure yeah. most people who who take up this diet uh, have very good intentions. Hmm. But there's a bit more depth that we can think about. You know, it's not just about yeah. eating things without animal, pro- without anything related to an yeah. animal, but it's also about where do these uh, ingredients come from. If they come from the other side of the world, and we don't care about how they're grown, mm. is it really better if we're thinking about the environment, or, or thinking about uh, how we're treating animals? Well, yeah. we can also think about how we're treating humans, mm. and so the w- one size fit all, as you said. Yeah. No l- the labels, they're nice pointers to things, but they're no, they're not yeah. absolute uh, guides.
0: I see the kind of advantage in seeing uh, in a vegan diet that uh, because many people uh, choose vegan because they were eating uh, previously industrial meat yeah so that's uh, i think uh anyways it's somehow a better choice for sure uh, if we see the bigger scheme but if you would go to like uh, if you would source your meat from a local place or you know it's a local and organic then maybe the uh, the balance comes out differently the the balance sheet of uh, vegan or not vegan yeah yeah so
1: and of course anything anyone who puts a bit more thought into food than normal is great yeah you know because living in this conventional system where well, at least in the West a lot of meat a lot of processed food you know anyone who takes a step uh, back from that to reflect and to make a different choice yeah. I think is very brave
0: yeah so it's already it's all about uh, consciousness yeah uh, being conscious about what we put in our body yeah. and how it relates to our nature because yeah this is this is how we reflect back uh, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to ask you about the next steps, because I know that you are going to start your internship and the uh, slow food movement.
1: Yeah, I want to take my jacket there before ah, we go okay. to the next uh, step, because uh, <laughs> the rest of the interview will be conducted, uh, the podcast will be conducted in red.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, you can see that uh, Nico uh, has a, a red uh, shirt on.
1: Yes, <laughs> and uh, this is actually my mother's from New mm-hmm. Zealand. Um, nice. Thank you very much
0: so we were talking about your next steps because yeah. now you fi- finish most of your uh, let's say required uh, duties yeah. and uh, there's an uh, internship which is left yeah. to finish your degree so
1: yeah that's uh, that's gonna start now it's yeah. at the slow food uh well if any of you have heard of the slow food movement yeah. um there's a university of gastronomic sciences it's called it's uh, it's in italy and it's a bit the headquarters of the slow food movement um, yeah so I'm taking what I've learned from here which is how to teach in an experiential way in a way which engages students about food I'm taking it to that university so I'm excited to to work uh, on that a way which uh, gets people motivated to 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 ask questions but also to work on what they're passionate about when it comes to food um, Not just to transfer knowledge Hmm. but to to help people to ask questions and to discover for themselves what they're Mm. interested in um yes so i'm looking forward to that but also to connect to this this huge network of slow food but also the slow food youth network um there's incredible projects about food uh, educational like it's called food waste events uh cinema food uh, cinema food debates conference all of these things happening around the world um, so I look forward to seeing Kay. how
0: how big is this uh, network uh, I have no idea
1: it's in it's in every country almost of the world yeah. it's in all big
0: cities of the world there's a there's a slow food youth uh, yeah. uh, hub and um, is it uh, somehow related to the via campesina movement or I think there's similar values, values yeah. for good fair and clean food. Mm. Um, and
1: a lot of focus on smallholder farmers and quality products. Mm. I think that's what it's about. And uh, there's a lot of communication that goes on into that so there's a lot mm. of storytelling from indigenous people, especially mm. just sharing a bit more how important um, taking care of the soil is, how important it is to to save these heritage seeds or this these uh, this traditional ways of making cheese or whatever mm. I think this is the strength of the movement that they, they empower the smallholders they bring them to the they give them the chance to tell their story and it's all it's all a network of people who appreciate quality because with with quality food comes everything else that we've been speaking about comes the health comes the social cohesion Hmm. comes uh, all of this
0: yeah Yeah, cool and uh, you know already what is your uh, internship uh, topic yeah oh it's about education about education? But I want to
1: uh, shift it also to to communication yeah so to increase the public understanding of the food system hmm. I think that's what I see as my challenge now Um. Hmm. so I've been working on some uh, I want to work on these videos hmm. a lot more to to get this this message out that that food is not just something we buy from the supermarket but food is something that comes from the soil and it's connected to everything uh, we yeah. can imagine there's all these relationships so to do this through videos but also through small books um, we'll see how that evolves also through children's books I've been writing uh, I've been working on some of these mm. and now I think it's time to work with uh, some artists if any artists out there you can message me mm. um, yeah to bring attention to something as basic as uh, the processes that, that make seeds come out of the out of the ground and that uh for children growing up in cities especially to know that bacon actually comes from an animal you know but to do yeah. it in a way which is also accessible also the parents also do, to the mm. children you know also get entertaining also in a way. I think this is this is something I want to apply to all of what I what I will be working on in the future make it entertaining you know if it's yeah. not if it doesn't make me happy and if it doesn't leave the person reading it, with more energy than before, I feel like I, I failed. You know, mm. even if I got all the important information there, if it, if it didn't touch something, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um, and it's not about ju- and it's not just about what I want to change, but also I feel I'm being more honest with myself. This is the energy I have now. It's a bit yeah. more, you know, it's a bit more creative. It's a bit more expressive. So this is what I want to get out there, uh, with the focus on food and the food system.
2: Yeah.
0: Because uh, in the end, our energy is there, Uh, people want to put their energy in in, uh, some activity which is attractive. So that is, uh, why wouldn't we put our energy in uh, food-related activities if everything will be automated? I mean, then we're going to have a lot of uh, sick people who are eating uh, unhealthy food and doing nothing. Like, does it make any sense?
2: Mm.
0: So, yeah i indeed uh, see that there is a lot of energy a lot of uh, uh, potential what we can uh, uh, kind of uh, shift towards food related activities and that would benefit all aspects of our life basically yes
1: and for there's so many people who want to get involved in food and this is very exciting you know there's Mm. so many people coming here to study for example organic agriculture people from all over the world people studied economics who did philosophy in the past mm. they come here to study organic agriculture I studied law you mm. know and I think it's um, it's this, this desire to, to be connected to, to something as basic as food but also to connect to a wider movement of, of change you know mm. of, a, of a vision we have for the world which is more uh, connected more healthy mm. Um, I, I don't want to use the word sustainable, but I'm using yeah. it sustainable. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there's. I encourage also people to. I'm, I'm encouraging myself at the moment to work on what I'm, what makes me happy in this movement. You know, if if policy, is is your thing, go for policy. You know. Yeah. If it's uh, if it's being an activist. And just do that don't worry about it don't think about it too much just do it if it's what is inside of you for me yeah. it's now it's this uh, it's more creative part uh, of, uh, of expression you know so I'll do that I'll make videos all yeah. right um, and I think in that sense we're contributing our whole selves to this movement rather than just our head because we have this whole yeah. body we have this whole energetic uh, being uh, that we're here not just just because it makes sense uh,
0: and and because it sounds like a good solution we're here because we
1: want to and because this is our love for the
0: world yeah and there are as we as you said also that there are certain levels of how to get involved even on a personal level in in your daily life for example number one even if you only have access to supermarkets start to cook then you know at least the ingredients what you put in your food second part or or second step then you uh, can uh, look for trust tra- trustworthy uh, sources mm-hmm. or local people third step then you get really involved yeah. so these these are the and
1: this is can be many you can just yeah. go for a holiday yeah or yeah. for a few weeks on a farm you know you can ju- or just go for one day to a farm mm. i think uh <laughs> for me i learned more on my one day excursions than i learned from a few months probably sitting mm. and listening to information mm. you know Um, And wonderful conversations come from it because uh, not to be make a stereotype but I think farmers are usually wonderful people Mm. because they they speak from experience and they speak from a place of being connected to to what is happening to the realities of also the the sector you know so they can give honest opinions of things most of the time Um, yeah and if for many people I think there's also the drive to to get the connection with the soil at least, as a uh, at least at the beginners level, you know, to to just go out there and, and see how things are grown. Just go out there, yeah. do it. You know, what are you what are you waiting for? Uh, you can just go out to your garden and see how a plant grows. And or then start composting if you have a little. Start composting. Yeah. yeah. Experiment. Yeah. yeah. But then, this needs to go out of the head and into into the hands. You know, yeah. it needs to go into creating something. And uh, some people are ready for it. Some people are not, and yeah. that's okay you when you want to the world is is there i mean yeah. <laughs> the soil is there yeah
0: just yeah. open your eyes and uh, yeah
1: yeah but so. there's so many people asking these questions now because yeah. we're instinctually we're connected to to the natural world yeah we're, we're connected to this uh, to the food that's why i think that even if in the last 200 years we lost most of the technical knowledge of growing food or the the, the practical tools that, that we had to to grow food for ourselves i think we it's still somewhere in there mm. you know we even if we lost a lot we can still maybe regain it or come up with new ways to do it uh, and it's there and the drive is also there The i certainly feel connected when i when i walk mm. on the grass when i'm close to an animal yeah. or close to some some plants you know i can i can feel okay even if i don't know how to do it now i can learn
0: um and then
1: yeah we'll see
0: I'm not sure if we can talk about talk enough about love and food nah. <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the difference? You know, when you cook for someone, you're just, just taking care of someone. You know, yeah. even if it's just for yourself, you're making a plate for yourself. Yeah. And that's the most genuine thing, genuine gift you can do. Yeah. And the ingredients make all the difference. It makes a difference in your own health, but also to people's lives. The people who produced it the people who made it possible you yeah know?
0: like you cannot uh, if we if we talk about the high carb uh, yeah. diet or uh high carb diet or ha- low carb diet? i mean low carb diet and, and uh, then the high carb was demonized but if yeah. you for example see the italian diet it is full of carbs yeah. but then the mama is making yeah. everything with with, with heart yeah. by heart yeah from the heart yeah. and then it that makes the difference yeah yeah. For, yeah for example in the beginning when i came here for me i thought Organic
1: is the way. That's yeah. the label I'm looking If it's not organic, I'm not eating it. Mm. But then I was sitting around the table. People were preparing this wonderful meal. Most of the time it was not with organic ingredients. But then I thought, what do I want for the world, you know? Mm. Is it more important for me to, 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 to eat organic and to somehow live forever, you know? Mm. Or, is it, or is this also part of the organic, you know, to connect to people, to sit yeah. around the table, to spend time with people rather than to eat just what's good for me? Yeah. and so then I may, I'm making these choices I have these dilemmas every day mm. but I think that's also part of it and that's why being absolute in anything I think yeah. it doesn't work that's just my that's what I think we
0: can conclude that uh, food is love love is food yeah. and uh, yeah where, where people can can reach you because I always always uh, uh, forget this part I just put people don't worry all of the guests have their links and their websites on the in the descriptions but yeah so now you, you, you have my the links. chance yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i think uh from now on i'll be most present on on facebook yeah. um even though i don't use it a lot in my daily life i think uh, it's a very useful tool to connect to people and to get these good messages out there facebook page is called healthiest man on earth also on instagram i'm learning how to use that as well yeah. uh also a useful tool depending on how how we use it so healthiest man on earth and um, yeah we'll drop the links and there'll be all sorts of content coming up in the next months and uh yeah
0: yeah uh, and i'm looking forward to hear your experiences at the slow food university
1: and i think it's only gonna grow um because the movement is there and the people are interested and Mm. the people are engaged Mm. and i think that's why we're having this discussion now yeah even though it was all over the place because i think it's how it is food is connected to everything
0: indeed yeah okay thank you very much thank you <laughs> <laughs> say hi to the people
1: hey yeah. people from this side <laughs> and hey people on that side okay ciao ciao <laughs> bye